Welcome everyone to the Grand Central Fantasy Podcast. The podcast that gets you where you need to be for your fantasy team. Now, please welcome your hosts, Sean and Mikey Rock. What is up, GCF fam? It's your boy, Sean, here. It's the new intro, boys, in the house. I got my boy, Mikey Rock. Mike, talk to the people. We're back for another edition of the Grand Central Fantasy Podcast. What is good? Yo, what's good, Sean? We're back after week three. I'm bringing the fucking energy. I'm bringing the fucking noise today. I'm feeling good. Can't wait for week four. Um, yo, Sean, how was your trip, man? Back from, uh, back from your Antifa trip. You good, man? Listen, good, man. I was out on the West coast living yes, that West coast lifestyle in Seattle. Um, I did join Antifa, uh, fresh off the Taliban as well. So we're cooking with gas. Mike, before we get started and as usual, the, uh, Grand Central Fantasy Podcast is brought to you by the good folks at, you guessed it, the Grand Central Fantasy Patreon page where you can sign up for exclusive content and unlimited limited assistance throughout the fantasy football season and beyond. So make sure you go to patreon.com backslash grand central fantasy. You can also find that link in our Twitter bio. Um, Mike, before we get started, because you already know the vibes, if you're a regular listener, we got our routine here. Um, do you want to explain to the people the uh, absolute um, ticker tape parade you threw for Clyde Edwards Hilaire, uh, finally putting up borderline RB2 numbers the other day. I mean, I wasn't sure if you watched it. Uh, well, well, before you get started, I was in Seattle enjoying a well deserved vacation because, you know, I'm a very hard worker over here. I mean, working for two terrorist groups uh, takes a lot out of me. So I'm walking around doing my thing and I get a text all caps from Mike. I, th- I think it was C-E-H, uh, suck my dick, or down, dick down your throat. Something with a dick and a throat. Um, yes. And then I went yeah. back and saw he did have 100 yards. Good for him. Very good. And a touchdown. Also good. Um, but he still fumbled again, and uh, Mike was getting ready to get that tattoo on his ass. So um, how are you feeling about uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? And then I promise we will move on because this is now almost borderline a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire podcast. So talk to me. Oh, I feel good. I mean, since last week, you basically hit us all with, I don't know, I mean, pretty much close to like an Austin Eckler droppable moment, he, as you he, told, as you so told everyone right. last year. Uh, you basically told the people CEH is dead and he is dead. he's not, he's back. I mean, he's not in my respect column. I know Ooh. some of you were shocked. He's not, he's not, man, because you know what? I got to see a little more. He's like got one foot out of the uh, closet with me. That's good. But That's good. Yeah. I'm he's happy trapped for in him. The closet. We're all happy for him. So he's trapped in the closet still. Yes. One foot out. He broke a hole through the door and he's working his way through. Mike is a very big R. Kelly fan. Um, he's taking the oh. news pretty hard. So Mike, uh, now speaking of R. Kelly, your boy, um, let's move on to your favorite segment. I think America's favorite segment. Um, take Put some respect on and off their names and you know do this for your boy, Robert Kelly, man. He's going to be away for a while. So the, the king of R&B, king of R&B. I believe I can fly, and I will right through. Real this quick, respect column. Real yes, quick, though. Real ahead. quick, Mike. If yeah, I yes. put R. Kelly as the screenshot for the 
during the podcast? Do you think that's bad? I probably shouldn't, right? Probably should have, but maybe we would actually get some people. To I might to have to now. I might have to. All right. So if this is the last episode of the Grand Central Fantasy Podcast, boys and girls, you know exactly why. All right. I'm going to shut up. Oh, and real quick before I actually shut up and let Mike go, tomorrow night, the Sean Solo Podcast is making its return for the 2021 season. It is available only on Patreon. I'll be covering some buy low, sell high targets all that good stuff. Make sure you sign up on Patreon. All right, Mike, take it away, baby. <laughs> all right, respect time. It is time to put respect on these six guys' names. Let's go. We're starting it off with my boy, Justin Sherber. Justin Sherber, patent pending, deserves all the damn respect in the world after beating the Chiefs on a late fourth quarter drive. Some are worried as I don the preteen looking quarterback as a must have in your drafts considering his average draft position, but his balls finally dropped and he put up the numbers we knew he was capable of. 280 plus yards, four touchdowns on the day. Mahomes infly had some trash talk earlier in the offseason towards a fan over Sherbert. Uh, not sure if you saw that. The fan shouted, watch out for Herbert. And Mahomes uh, replied, I'll believe it when I see it. Yo, Patrick, cut your fucking hair. Tell your brother to stop throwing water on goddamn fans at, fans at games and put some fucking respect on your division leader's name. Let's go. Next, Najee Harris. Big Ben was quoted before the game. I know you missed it, Sean, because you were doing your Antifa thing. Hell yeah. This is, what, this is what Big Ben said. That's what I love about these high school girls, man. I get older. They stay the same age. Najee Harris was quoted shortly after saying, hold that predator shit for after the game. Feed me the fucking rock. And I think Najee's pep talk soaked into Big Ben's rapey brain because he saw 19 fucking targets. I I tried to see the record for targets for running backs, and I think – the best I could come up with was um, Alvin Kamara with 20. So I mean, he was right there. It's ridiculous. 140 total yards, one touchdown, and the most points in PPR leagues for running backs. Yeah, the most routes ran for a running back with 57 on the day. We finally saw the fantasy numbers that owners envision. Um, so put some respect on Najee Harrison's name and Matthew McConaughey's name. Next, we got Alexander Madison. Anytime opportunity presents itself with Madison, he fucking seizes it. And quite quite frankly, I would love to see him escape Minnesota because he's fucking stuck there uh, behind Dalvin Cook. So Dalvin Cook inactive. Madison um, must have known. I plugged him into my lineups because he went fucking ham. And I swear at one point during the game, Sean, he stared at the camera and he said, this one is for Mikey fucking Rock, the GOAT. And he has a really big penis. I swear he said it all. I know you missed it. I believe it. Um, No, he did. Sean, I I don't think anyone could argue with any of that shit I just said. Um, So Sunday morning, I tried pleading with everybody. Get him in your lineups. 175 total yards, six catches. Put some respect on big homie's name. Next, Devontae fucking Adams. Hell yeah. Put some respect on Adams. But more importantly, put some respect on the Packers and the NFL physicians' names for like cheating after Adams took a blow to the head and definitely had a concussion and brought him right back to the fucking game. (laughs) They all got together. They said, fuck Adams' brain. Uh, He could deal with the consequences once he retires. So um, GCF told you before the season, don't get cute. Draft in Tyreek Hills or Diggs as your top wide out. The only choice was Adams once Rodgers decided to play with the Packers. 18 targets, 12 catches, 132 yards, one touchdown. When Kanye West, your boy, wrote Monster, his inspiration came from Adams. Oh, yeah. Put some respect on the best wide out in the NFL's name. Next, Justin 
Jefferson. After week one, I heard so much shit from people. Um, to, you know, some bougie motherfucker on Twitter. I think his name was Kyle. You told me Justin Jefferson was a great wide receiver and uh, there won't be a sophomore, sophomore slump. Fuck off, Kyle. Fuck you, Kyle. How dare you disrespect Justin's name? Okay. Since Kyle's week one slander, Jefferson has finished as the number four wide receiver. Kyle, are you happy now? 21 targets, 15 catches, two touchdowns the past two weeks. Justin Jefferson is Kyle's dad. Put some respect on your father's fucking name. Fuck last but not least. Fuck you, Kyle. Last, fuck you, Kyle. Last but not least, Mike Williams. And yeah. for all the boys out there, here's a little life lesson for you. When you make a mistake, you stand up and you own your shit. I've constantly smeared and badmouthed Big Mike's name, but no longer. Big Mike caught his third and fourth touchdowns of the season against the Chiefs, as well as setting a career high in receiving yards. First Chargers player since Antonio Gates in 2010 to score a touchdown in each of his first three games of the season. Folks, Big Mike is second in fantasy football PPR formats for wide receivers. The world is Mike Williams, and we're all just living in it. Put some respect on Big Mike's name. Sorry, get so serious. No, listen, sometimes you got to bring it down. It needs to be like a teachable moment for the people out there because Mike talks shit about Mike Williams a lot. I kind of held the candle a little bit for Mike Williams just because I was such a fan of him for that on that Clemson team. And Mike, you remember too, he did show promise in his rookie year, but ever since then, it's just been him falling apart, having injuries. He's coming in fat. Oh, he's coming in fatter, you know, just out of shape. He's a fucking mess. So I've been putting in the must starts, which were fucking horrendous last week, but we'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> I've been putting in the must starts in week two. I said Mike Williams was a permanent must start. So if you're not starting him, get him in your lineup. He's definitely a hold candidate. I've been doing a lot of research for buy and sell guys. He's definitely a hold candidate. Um, if you want to sell him a little high, I would. But I mean, you know, if, if you want to go out there and get Mike Williams, go for it. This is a guy, I love that offense. Um, you know, everybody's looking good in there. Even Eckler, man. I'm surprised you didn't put Eckler. I, I think Eckler was there last week in the respect on column. But, um, you know, he, he got a shit ton of targets again and you know speaking of targets mike i find it interesting you said uh justin jefferson had 20 targets uh justin jefferson had 20 targets uh, 21 targets in the past two weeks all right 21 targets altogether. okay um so here's my thing he is clearly taken over as the number one wide receiver yeah the guy had a rough week one he still caught found the end zone the last two weeks Justin Jefferson, you could go get, but he's the guy. If you were picking between Jefferson and AJ Brown, we told you to go with Jefferson, but we did love AJ Brown, and I still do. But that's a mm -hmm. that's a topic for another day. Um, Jefferson is the guy. He's going to be the one. I remember in our uh, in our wide receiver preview podcast, I said this is the last year you're going to be able to get him outside of the top five wide receivers. But Mike, not to make this the Adam Thielen number one fan podcast, but Thielen is still putting up solid numbers, even playing behind Justin Jefferson. I mean, he had nine targets, Thielen, last week, caught six of them, 50 yards and a touchdown. I mean, touchdown regression, I don't even think we're going to see it. Well, <laughs> I mean, 
I've said it a million times, you know, these analytic idiots said that five and a half touchdowns was, you know, where Thielen was going to end at. He has fucking four in three games. So I don't know. People really shit on Thielen. And I really think it had to do with the maybe the age and stuff. But I think a lot of the credit has to go to uh, Kirk Cousins as well, Mm -hmm. because it's not just Justin Jefferson. It's not just Adam Thielen. Uh, One week, it's KJ Osborne. The next week, you know, Dalvin Cook. Alex Madison stands up, uh, steps up, and Kirk Cousins dumping the ball off to him, letting him do his thing. Like, Kirk Cousins is spreading the love. He gets so much hate. I talked about Kirk Cousins in my waiver wire column. Guys, it's up there on the website. It's probably over for your waiver wire by the time you're going to be listening to this, but take a look at it. Kirk Cousins is like a top five quarterback in fantasy football right now. It's insane, and he's just, I don't know, he gets so much hate. I guess maybe he's a better fantasy football player than in real life. But uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, he has, I think he has like eight touchdowns on the year. He's just crushing it right now. So a lot of the credit has to go to Kirk Cousins because he's just spreading the the ball to everybody. Yeah, he gets a lot of hate because he's a fucking human cornball. But otherwise, he's a pretty good fantasy quarterback. And just with Kirk Cousins, you can never rely on him. The second you're like, fuck it, I need Cousins to go off, he's going to have three picks and get you, you know, probably six fantasy points. But Najee Harris... He proved to us, we were doubters a little bit. I I had him pretty high in my running back rankings. You had him lower, but not too much lower, Mike. And we, well, yeah, I want to speak on that because Najee Harris, there was a lot of hate on my end because people were putting him as a first round pick. And I didn't think he deserved that. And it was nothing against him. I love his talent. I love his skill set. I love what he brings to the table. I don't like his team that he went to. Roethlisberger looks a shade of himself. Deontay Johnson was out this past week. You know, he was being pressured a lot. He dumped the ball off to Harris and Harris took care of the rest of it. I mean, if you look at the first two games, Nashi Harris was scaring a lot of uh, fantasy owners. He had, I think like five points in fantasy the first week against Buffalo. He stepped it up a little bit last week um, in the receiving game. He had like five catches, 43 yards receiving touchdown. But this week he just took it to a whole new level and Big Ben just kept going at him. 19 targets. He had 14 catches, 100 receiving yards. It was insane. And he had a pretty crazy touchdown too. And like, as we all know, Big Ben, straight up rapist. does. I'm sorry. He didn't have a touchdown. I apologize. Close to a touchdown. Big Ben does not know what no means. Okay. So to to play with a sexual predator like that in your rookie year, um, you know, Najee Harris is going up against a lot, but in all seriousness, he's going to be a bright spot for the Steelers. Um, yep. Even if Deontay comes back, I mean, the Steelers, I just think anytime you have like a long running generational quarterback, it never ends pretty, you know, unless your name's Tom Brady, but we'll see the jury's still out. Um, you know, I, I, I really don't think the Steelers, their defense is, is good, but they're all, they just can't get it together, man. But I think if you listen to us, and that's what I was going to say, Mike, it's like you weren't necessarily against him at all. It's just some people were taking him in the first round. We were in a league where somebody took him in like with the seventh overall pick or something. Granted, it was a keeper league, but still it was surprising even for that scenario. And we said that he's going to be more like a guy like Alvin Kamara, which I'm surprised. Well, I mean, he didn't have a breakout game, but he had a good game um, for you last week or, or excuse me, this week. He finally came to life, finally found the end zone with the Saints actually beating the Patriots who after they beat the Jets, I thought they were going to be, you know, take over. The dynasty was back to life. But Najee Harris is 
definitely in the same vein as Alvin Kamara. Um, you know, and, and I like him a lot. And just to finish off on your boy, uh, Justin Sherbert, who I picked in our very first podcast to be the breakout rookie and look at him now, you picked your son, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. How are, what are we thinking long-term for Justin Herbert? Because we saw he had a, he didn't really have like the craziest game against the Dallas defense. I'm a little worried, but then, you know, he had a really good game against the Chiefs. I'm a little worried we're going to see a lot of inconsistencies from Herbert. How do you feel about him? If you're a Herbert owner, are you standing pat, like rocking with him? This is my guy. That's how I feel, but I am anticipating if I lose a couple close games, it's probably because Herbert is, you know, going to be a little inconsistent here and there. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, he's still, it's just his second year. I know he took the league by storm last year. It is still his second year. He's a young guy, still has a lot to learn, despite how talented he was last year. His numbers are pretty good. They're not great. He's had some turnovers the first couple of games. I think he's at, uh, first two games, he had like three picks. Um, his yards are there. Listen, he's he's in a new offense, which I think we talked about him a lot, uh, Joe Lombardi, and how the offensive coordinator, It's there's going to be some, you know, growing pains and different things going on. But I think overall it's going to be positive for him. I'm a hundred percent holding Pat on Justin Herbert. I mean, look at all the talent around him. Mike Williams is emerging as one of the best wide receivers in the league right now. Keenan Allen still out there doing his thing. We've seen Austin Eckler again this week. He's a PPR monster. Herbert's, you know, getting more comfortable with him. There's just so much talent on that chargers offense. I just, I can't fathom trying to get rid of Herbert or replacing him as my quarterback in fantasy. I think long-term, this guy's the answer. He's going to be putting up these, you know, easily 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns every year. He's just going to be one of those type of guys, it seems like. Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert rest of the season? Wow, that's tough. Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert rest of the season? I'm going Lamar Jackson. It's closer than you'd think, though. You know what I mean? Oh, it's like, it, it, oh, it's yeah. very, yeah. I had to think about it for a second, but ultimately Lamar with his legs, that's what always gets me. All right. Well, I know you're a big uh, leg guy when it comes to men. So that's good. That's good to reinforce that. Obviously. Reinforce that. Um, all right. So I mean, listen, come on. you already know if you're a listener of this podcast, you know, it's all about the yin and yang. We know we balance it out here on the grand central fantasy podcast. And yeah, I'm be- like fabulous said, over 10 years ago. Yeah, I'm back fresh off a of hatecation. It is time to take respect off these goddamn motherfuckers' names. First off, Mike, this one hurts me personally. It's time to take respect off a of Christian McCaffrey's hamstring. Imagine my mm. surprise. I land in Seattle last Thursday. I go to my Airbnb, I travel, train, taxi, I step over five homeless people on the way, 16 hypodermic needles, and I go into my Airbnb, turn on the TV, oh, CMC, hamstring, out for, we don't know, he's in the tent, oh, he's in the green tent, oh my God, oh my God. People on Twitter saying CMC is injury prone, sure, maybe now he fits the bill, but before last year, he never got hurt. So I, I, I just say you don't watch football, okay? But listen, he's going to be out for three games. It's not what you want. Mike, this might be a scenario where CMC might lose his first overall pick status if he just can't stay healthy. You know what I mean? It's, it's mm-hmm. Chubba Hubbard mm-hmm. season. Don't get me wrong. 
Um, I do not give a fuck about Royce Freeman. We'll get into that in a minute, but you know what? We just, we cannot trust Christian McCaffrey's hamstring or the rest of his body from here on out until he proves otherwise. Next up, we got my guy, Jonathan Taylor, taking some respect off JT's names. Only 10 carries last week. Mike, 171 yards on the season in three games. No touchdowns. It's not for lack of trying. He gets tons of goal line opportunities, but just for some reason, he cannot dash it in. I had him as a must start this week. He had a favorable matchup coming up, a tough matchup against the Rams. Couldn't do shit against the Tennessee front line fucking joke. I don't even know what to do with him anymore. I think we saw a similar scene last year. I'm hoping he's just a um, slow starter. Hopefully we really get to see more of that later on. But, you know, little spoiler alert, little preview for tomorrow's Patreon-only podcast. We're going to be shopping Jonathan Taylor 100% moving forward for the rest of the season. Next up, we're taking wow. respect of Janu Smith's name. Yes, that's right, Mike. Your yep. Boy, Johnny Smith, yep. your Patriot boy. Five of 11 targets the last two weeks. Only 32 yards and no TDs. You might as well call this guy Gabby Petito because he's gone, baby. He is gone and he's never coming back, okay? Henry's looking good. He had a solid game last week. I don't see... I don't foresee Jonu Smith really being anything besides, you know, he might grab a touchdown. He's not a reliable starter at all. I would probably rather have Hunter Henry moving forward. But we told you that if you've been following us, Grand Central Fan on Twitter, we were saying be careful with the timeshare at tight end. In New England, because you know, yeah, Johnny Smith got more money. Johnny Smith got more money because maybe he has a better agent and maybe he has a uh, better potential, but the guy just cannot reach it. Next up, we got Hollywood Brown's hands. We are taking respect off those motherfuckers' hands. Two drop touchdowns, Mike. This guy could have taken it to the next level. He was also a must start of mine, where we would be talking about him. If he caught those touchdowns, Mike, we would have to be talking about him in the wide receiver one discussion this this yeah, week. But yeah. instead, shit his pants. Oh, they share he shares a video on Instagram of him and Lamar on the plane ride back. Oh, they're working on it. They're working on it. Yeah, asshole. How about you work on catching the goddamn ball? Because there's nothing Lamar Jackson can do for you if you can't. He's putting the ball right in his hands. This is Lamar Jackson we're talking about, not Peyton Manning. He's putting it right in your hands and you're fucking dropping the ball. Hollywood Brown, you let me down. Take some respect off his goddamn name. Next up, we got Amari Cooper. And we warned you. We told you guys. 26 yards last night on Monday Night Football. 24 the night before. Only three catches in both weeks. Five targets last night. Six the week before. This is why he was a dangerous pick. Two years ago, as a second round pick, he was a bust. You could see it coming a mile away. This year, as a third or fourth round pick, he was another bust. You could see coming a mile away. Yes, he had the injury. He had a great week one. Oh my God, the Amari Cooper, he's back finally. And guess what? He's still young as fuck. So don't fall for the trap next year too. Do not draft Amari Cooper. He's just not consistent because mark my fucking words, he's going to have two touchdowns next week against Carolina on, um, are they playing Thursday night, Mike? Um, No, I don't, I don't think so. Are. This Thursday is the Bengals and, and Carolina just Carolina just played on Thursday, so they wouldn't do that to them. But yeah, anyway, no. 
watch it happen again. And then two weeks later, he's going to put up duds. He's another version of Mike Evans. Mike Evans reincarnated the same type of player. Not a guy you really want on your team unless you have to. And Mike, next up, a little bonus for the people out there. I'm taking respect and just let me go here for a minute because it's the most fucking annoying thing in the world. The Manning Brothers Broadcast and ESPN, okay? Take your time, So it's not even just – it's mainly ESPN and then the Manning Brothers. The fact that ESPN produces this garbage content, it's just boring, basic, regular shit that these boring asshole loser people just – eat up okay listen putting the manning brothers on tv and acting like they are the funniest people on earth i i I will never understand it they have all these guests they had lebron james last night who they're like oh lebron lebron calls uh a play first of all they're running the ball the entire fucking drive they're at the goal line lebron's like oh you gotta run with zeke here Boom, they run it, running in with Zeke. He goes in. Peyton's jerking him off. ESPN clips it and puts it on their fucking Instagram. Oh, LeBron called the play like he's Tony fucking Romo. LeBron doesn't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> if I have to hear the same story again from LeBron James, oh, I got offered. Everybody offered me a fucking contract in the lockout year. Oh, my God. It's so bad. I could have thrown 30 touchdowns. And ESPN on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, they take all this dumb shit that all these dumb guys say and they put it up there, get like 50,000 likes, all this bullshit. Fucking Eli Manning, they're they're playing the same played out clip of Dask, Dak Prescott like twerking his hips before the fucking uh, start of the game. <laughs> yes. Like, you know when that was yes. funny? Two and a half years ago when we saw it for the first time. Now, every time they're on a primetime game, they got to talk about it. But guess what, guys? It's different this time because the fucking asshole Manning brothers can make a comment on it. And they literally put up a picture like a wannabe meme of Eli Manning saying, oh, I feel like doing the same drill and saying, I'm like Dak. My hips don't lie. I'm like Shakira. With like all these cry faces, like I'm supposed to think it's the funniest thing in the world. Listen, just because a football player has a little bit of personality, guys, doesn't mean it's funny, okay? These guys are fucking robots. The fact that Peyton can tell a joke that's kind of a little bit funny doesn't mean they need their own goddamn show on ESPN every Monday night. And Mike, to wrap it up, delete... I'm, I, I might delete my Instagram as long as ESPN has an Instagram because they are just – it's the corniest content ever. Did you see when Drake put out his album, what ESPN was doing? I seen something. He like – it was like a sneak peek like of his album dropping, if that's what you're talking that's about. That's not what I'm know. talking about. It clearly – his label must have had a brand deal or whatever with ESPN. It was the way to market it. Like it, they snuck it into the fucking uh, – they, they stuck it in yeah, a commercial, commercial or something. Go back the day he released that album, whatever asshole loser intern running this fucking Instagram account, they're putting up the album wasn't even out five minutes and they're putting up memes of like Drake's fucking Jersey in the rafters and saying like, we've heard enough. He's the goat. Blah, blah, blah. Put a, putting up fucking <laughs> quotes and tweets from LeBron who LeBron doesn't know the words. He probably hasn't even heard the album. He's like, this is a classic y'all. No, it like just fucking stop already. Okay. I'm so tired of all this bullshit from ESPN. The Manning brothers, take respect off ESPN, the Manning baby. brothers is just the cherry on top. Off. 
Fuck ESPN. Fuck the Manning brothers. Fuck LeBron James. It's all about Grand Central Fantasy. And fuck Matthew Barry. Just for good measure. Thank you very much. That might have been the best ever taken respect off of someone's name. I personally loved it. I loved that last one, Sean. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch two seconds of Peyton Manning and Eli Manning talking because I like am a normal football Thank fan. You. I don't need to hear the Manning brothers like jerking each other off and like talking about their Super Bowls and shit. Like I, I just, I don't know. Peyton's just super corny. Eli is like a little slow to me. So I, I want to say know. stuff I, I can't really say. Yeah, but it, it's just, and I'm trying to like calm myself down because it's the most fucking annoying thing in the world. But it, I'm looking at this thing right now. It's literally on ESPN 11 hours ago. It has a picture of Peyton Manning and a picture of a guy at the Cowboy game with a big helmet on. And it says, quote, that helmet might fit you, though, Peyton. It might be the only one that fits Eli Manning, unquote. Oh, what a funny joke, bro. Peyton Manning has a big head, dude. I haven't heard that one a million times. And they're like, oh, my God, so great. The brothers. And it's it's the fucking hips thing again. I'm going to throw my phone. Mike, Mike talk. I hips <laughs> I saw that all over Instagram too. I see Eli with the hips, bro. I'm just like these guys are so fucking corny. Why are it's they not doing funny? This I I I stopped watching ESPN, and you know what? I'm probably going to hell. I don't care. We're canceled already. But like when every episode was like my wish, and you know they're doing something nice for like a dying kid. I love children, and I donate at all costs all the time to. Uh, kids with cancer st jude's foundation i'm all about it but like i i don't go to i don't go to espn to see that bro i go to see what happened in the fucking sports world like the day before so click i'm done with espn bro i'm sorry i'll say bro i'm going Dude, it's hell, just bro. bad because you're right because it's like oh hey jimmy uh you know you got stage 18 terminal cancer and we heard that you like we we heard that you like pudding pops. You know who else likes pudding pops? Carson Wentz. Here you go, bro. Carson Wentz brought you a pudding pop. My <laughs> wish. And they'd play it over and fucking over and fucking over again. And it's like, give it a rest, dude. And then Matthew Barry with the puppets. I saw you fucking. Oh, my what, what God. Who are you tweeting with? Because, uh, again, he tweeted some shit out, something about Robert Woods. And he said, my little Cooper cup and I don't watch Matthew Perry or anything. Like I fucking, come on. Everyone knows I yes. hate him. And the guy's like, clearly you don't watch his show. I'm like, yeah, clearly I don't. There's something about puppets or some shit. What the fuck is puppet, bro. I'm like little Cooper cup. How does that make sense? I guess I have to watch his dumb ass show of him playing with puppets. It's- Sounds like a it's fucking stupid, pedophile. Dude. Between my wish and fucking Gabby Patino, we're, we're all we're done. Basically, this is definitely our last podcast. So, what do you have anything? Uh, do you have no. anything to say? Give me your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, let's get give, give me your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor. That's that's why I wanted to go yeah. to first because, like, J- Jonathan Taylor is your blood. Yeah, that's my guy. Like, yeah, you guys are like like from the Hangover, like the Wolf Pack, like. You fucking cut your hand and like high fived him like as soon as he came to the league. That was your guy. So you taking respect off his name. I know that had to be kind of hard for you, but I mean he deserves it, and the Colts just deserve it. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, I was talking to you earlier before the show how I thought this week Carson Wentz was going to rely on the on the rushing game with his two sprained ankles. So, but- like 
I mean, yeah, they made it sound like he should have been in a wheelchair, but they let him throw the ball 30 plus times and Jonathan Taylor ran the ball 10. So riddle me that. I just I don't understand what they're doing down there. Jonathan Taylor's not effective. Uh, the Colts offense. Uh, I, I just I was never a big fan of Carson Wentz as it was. But yeah, I mean, people spent, you know, a fifth, sixth, seventh overall pick on Jonathan Taylor. What do they have to show for it? Nothing. So it's disgusting. He deserves all the respect of his name. Jonu Smith, man, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I really thought that he was going to be their go-to guy, um, but it looks like, you know, Mac Jones is he's hitting the wide receivers, and a lot of these wide receivers are still on people's waiver wires. Nelson Aguilar, Kobe Myers, Kendrick Bourne. Um, I mean, he's targeting these guys heavy. So, and Jonu Smith's not really getting much, uh, isn't getting many targets, and he said something something stupid like, I you know. Along the lines of he needs to play better. Yeah, no shit, dude. You you don't even look like you're on the fucking field. Like, tell me something I don't know. It's like something Booger McFarland would say. Um, CMC's hamstring, dude. I mean, watching the first couple of games, I was like getting a fucking boner great. because he's just so special to watch, man. He's just it's just a flashy like Kyler Murray, like generational talents. They're just so fun to watch. And then he gets fucking hurt. The same injury again, man. Hamstring injuries are the worst. They just fucking, they're just, they're there. They fucking linger, I guess. I don't know. This muscle group is, I don't know. Maybe his hamstring is just never going to heal or be as strong as it once was. I don't know, Sean. So it's disappointing with him. Obviously, Chubba Hubbard was the number one guy in the waiver wire. I talked about him a lot um, in my in my blog. So... If you you're gonna have to have the first pick, or you're gonna have to spend some serious money on him, because it looks like McCaffrey's gonna be out. What they said, roughly they said three, three weeks. weeks could they're be not more. putting him on the um, injured reserve, which is great news. I think, I really do think it's only gonna be three weeks. But then you know you got his buy, so it's like basically you drafted your first round pick. You don't have him for a month of the season, you know, and um, it's tough. I, I'm not a big Royce Freeman guy. I'm, I don't think he's going to come in and really do anything. I think it's Chubba or bust. Um, and Mike, just real quick to get back to it. I mean, Mac Jones sucks, right? Like I, yeah, nobody wants yeah, to talk yes. about it. because He's not wearing a jet uniform. And I mean, we all saw him walking out to the draft with the all lives matter um, walk himself, uh, you know, Fresh out of Alabama. Um, I don't, I don't, I've never been a big Mac Jones fan. Um, you know, I, I don't get it. He threw three picks against the Saints on Sunday. I just don't get the fascination. I mean, people are out there saying, you know, like that the dynasty still going. I mean, Belichick. And no, honestly, I really have been thinking like probably nobody hates Tom Brady more than me. And Brady is the reason why. Like, Belichick is a great coach. Don't get me wrong, but you're not going to put in Mac Jones, who looks like a bowl of mashed potatoes in a in a football uniform, and expect to get to the Super Bowl again. I mean, what are these people? What are these guys thinking? I don't know, dude. I I, I have no idea. I don't know what's going on in New England over there. Uh, Mac Jones. I don't know. You 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 hit it perfectly. Like, if he was on the Jets, dude. Imagine the media blow up with him. It would be fucking insane. Like, I don't I don't know. It's not pretty, man. It's I don't know, pretty. man. I, I mean, Zach, well, not to turn this into a Jets podcast, but I mean, Zach Wilson hasn't looked great, but he for what he's working with, for the offensive line he's working with, it's really not as bad. I, I, I have a lot 
higher hopes for guys like obviously Trevor Lawrence, but Zach Wilson, even Justin Fields, dude, when they, when the Niners talked about when they traded up, they were talking about that. It was for Mac Jones. I would, I just couldn't believe like, like, what do you need to trade up for an Alabama quarterback one? And then two, it's fucking Mac Jones. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, he's fresh off a clan clan rally. You probably get him in the second round, but you know, well, it's funny after the Jet game, everyone's talking, oh, I told you Mac Jones is going to be a great NFL quarterback. And then what happened? Well, that's the thing. And it's he, it's oh, just so week to week. Let's just say what's fucking. I hate you know, to trendy. throw it back to it, but it's just like game manager shit. You know what I mean? Like back like the, like yes. the Alex Smith yep. type of quarterback would back when Alex Smith was with the Niners. It's just like, you know, check down, pass the ball off. Don't fuck it up. And these are guys out there like I like Nelson Aguilar. Um, John U. Smith, I wasn't a huge fan of, but I fucking I got a fucking boner for Hunter Henry way back back when they were in San Diego. I think he has a lot of potential, yeah. um, you know. But I just don't think, from a fantasy perspective, these guys are really going to do anything because they have a rookie quarterback. But you know, it's different because it's New England. And it's Bill Belichick. I mean, give me a break, but whatever. Yeah, Week three is in the books, baby. Let's move on, Mike. What are we looking forward to in? Week four. What are you thinking? All right. I want to talk about the Chiefs offense a little bit. Uh, it's pretty crazy what's going on with the Chiefs right now. I mean, the Chiefs are one and two. No one fucking saw that coming. And they're in last place. No one fucking saw that coming. I couldn't believe it when I heard that the Chiefs are in last place. And it's three games. Mm-hmm. I get it. Okay. But, you know, we're talking about the Chiefs right now. So this is kind of unexpected. Uh, NFL is just fucking, it's truly the greatest sport because you never know what the fuck's going to happen. But uh, I know most of the Chiefs concern, uh, Chiefs concerns, they like stem from the defensive side. But the offense obviously isn't living up to its standards. What we expect, we expect perfection from the Chiefs. We're not getting perfection from the Chiefs. We're getting good offensive football, but we're not getting what we know they're capable of. And, uh, you know, I know this is a fantasy football show, so I just want to pinpoint a couple of players from a fantasy standpoint when we're talking about the Chiefs, and we'll take it from there. And we're going to start with, obviously, Patrick Mahomes. And, um, you know, people are talking about how he played one of his worst games in the NFL this past week. I know he had the untimely pick under two minutes left in the game. The game was tied. I think it was 24-24. But in fantasy, like we would take this game all day, three touchdowns, 250 yards any week. We're most likely going to be very happy with our starting quarterback in fantasy football. Again, that. But uh, the problem with these numbers, like they don't reflect the value where he was drafted, Sean, as a early mid second round pick. Um, Even if he goes on to lead all quarterbacks in fantasy score and his numbers just won't be astronomically different compared to like Rodgers or Wilson, Russell Wilson or like Herbert, Tom Brady, who were picked like several rounds later. So I just want to throw it out there. We can't stress it enough. I know the draft's over, but this is just for future mindset. This is why we tell you do not draft Patrick Mahomes because if he's not finishing as the number one quarterback by a fucking landslide, there's no reason why you should be wasting a mid early to mid second round pick on Patrick Mahomes. Just want to throw that out there for you guys, because I see so many people coming to us with Patrick. Mahomes. They're taking screenshots of their rosters. You have very good rosters out there. Some of you, some terrible, but you have Patrick Mahomes on your team. And I'm just like, I just wish you didn't do that. Cause that could have been a solid 
you know, running back one, running back two on your team. Um, and we're going to get to week four with the Chiefs, but I just got to go over a couple of things with some of these two guys and, um, you know, how they were drafted. And the next one is Tyree Kill. And that's another guy I probably will never have on my team, Sean. And I know that might surprise some people because I love Tyree Kill, but he's doing exactly what I expected. He started the season off like lighting the world on fucking fire. I don't remember the numbers, but it was like, a, I think it was like close to 200 yards, 13 catches, a touchdown or two. It was crazy. And then the next two weeks, instead of looking like a cheetah, he looks like a fucking house cat. He, he, he can win you a matchup each week. But that, but overall season, he's just not going to put up. Um, overall in the season, he's going to be inconsistent. Three catches in week two on fourteen yards, five catches on fifty six yards. Uh, week three, it, it, his overall numbers are going to look so impressive because he's going to have those blow up weeks. But it just it never is consistent week after week after week. So I would honestly wait for. Uh, another one of these like light the world on fire games. And I'm honestly telling people this, call me fucking crazy, Sean, sell high on Tyreek Hill. Cause I just can't take the inconsistency. I can't take my number one wide receiver losing me fucking weeks. Call me fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not too crazy. Like we've said it, we've been saying it for a while with Hill. Like you can't not take him cause of the upside I, I debated taking respect off the first round of the draft because Outside of guys like mm-hmm. Devontae Adams and, um, you know, who's who's really jumping out to me that you took in the first round that was like rock solid. Uh, no, Nobody's really been the guy, you know, Austin Eckler maybe, two guys we were really big on, but nobody's been 100% uh, you know, locked in or really worth it. And I think with Tyree Kill, he kind of falls under that category where it's like, hey, yeah, he's going to – volume you to death and and by the end of it the stats are going to look good but hey if he if we could have spread that out a little more then he would go from a first round pick to probably a late second early third round pick because instead of getting you those i mean i've seen some games he gets 40 fantasy points then the next week gets seven um so yeah i I don't get it were you done with your chiefs breakdown i just want i just want to talk about it yeah kelsey a little bit too um, cause you know, I write my blog every year. I talk about tight ends, you know, late waiting on a tight end. And this year I kind of made an exception with Travis Kelsey because he's legit one of a kind at his position and the numbers show most reception yards per game by 20 second in targets behind Darren Waller, but has a way better completion rate than Darren Waller. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I saw it before it's so much different and he's second in touchdowns behind Gronkowski who you know he's gonna fizzle away eventually he got hurt and you know Gronkowski's hot right now but that's not gonna last and the most important stat he leads all tight ends of fantasy scoring and the only one in PPR format to average over 20 points a game he's a fucking beast and clearly he's Mahomes go-to so um I'm not even gonna get into Clyde Edwards because I know Sean's gonna have a panic attack and I just don't want to I don't want him to go off on a tangent but I I just want to, you know, I know the Chiefs are, they're one and two um, and things aren't pretty right now, but it's not time to panic with the Chiefs. Obviously, yet they're still the best offensive team in the NFL to me from a fantasy standpoint. They have studs. The, sched- the schedule, it's favorable moving forward. They face the Eagles who gave up, you know, 40 plus points. They The Bills, um, obviously they've been pretty good, but Washington football team, Titans defense, the Giants. 
I want to ask you, Sean, should we target these chief guys moving forward? Maybe there's a buy low yeah, window man. or do you think we should dish off any of these guys? Have you, have you lost confidence in any of the chief guys? And do you really think Josh Gordon has any value? Cause you were tweeting some stuff out about putting in waiver wire yeah. claims for him overall about the chiefs. I want to know, are we selling anybody? Are we holding tight. Uh, should we panic? Should we not panic? Dude, they, I mean, they lost games to two good teams. Like the chiefs are not this infallible team that nobody can touch and you know, they can do no wrong. And I mean, the year they won the Super Bowl, they lost four games. So I don't know why we're panicking. I think it is just like the major media markets that you get clicks if you say what's wrong with the Chiefs. You know what I mean? But it's not like they lost to Detroit here. Um, you know, the Chargers are good, man. Like they they have a good offense. Their defense is better than people thought. Yeah, they lost to Dallas, but that game was kind of bullshit. And they probably should have won that game too. They should be 3-0 and right now, the Chargers. So, you know, it's more of... To me, the league catching up with the Chiefs that, hey, you know, anytime anytime a team or a player changes the game, they don't change the game forever. Look at the, um, or excuse me, they change the game forever, but it, they don't stay on top all the time. Look at uh, Steph Curry with the Warriors. Look at, and the Warriors franchise in general. Look at Tiger Woods in golf. Now in the NBA, you have teams playing the game like the Warriors played when they were in the finals all the time. Now in golf, you have, it used to be any asshole like me going out there playing golf, swinging. Now professional golfers are full-blown athletes that could play in, uh, you know, a ton of sports just like Tiger Woods could. So it, the league, the NFL especially, it's all parody. Everybody just tries to play like each other. So, you know, they lost two close games. With Tyree Kill, you summed it up pretty well. I mean, I would... I'm interested what you think about Tyree Kill with what I said about possibly trying to move him. Because I talked about him earlier in the year when we did our wide receiver rankings podcast. And I spoke about how he only hit over 100 yards three times last year, despite having these huge overall numbers. He had like 300 receiving yards in one game. He's flashy. He gets these big touchdowns, but then he'll disappear for like two or three weeks in a row. Do you think that... I get worried that he's going to hit that dry spell come playoff time, and then he's a dud. Is it worth trying to move Tyreek Hill for maybe like a low NY receiver one and some running back depth? Do you do you think that's a yeah, guy I mean, you should hold you on get to? A guy, if you could trade, let's say you trade Tyreek Hill, trade Tyreek Hill for Antonio Gibson and Adam Thielen. You know what I mean? Like like something along those lines because you could go to the other person and sell like, listen, Tyreek Hill, like he does put up duds, but like he'll also be a league winner if he gets hot, like towards the end of the year, like he just will. Like he, nobody has Tyreek Hill's ceiling. Like I honestly, I don't even think Devonte Adams does, but how often is he going to hit that ceiling? Like you're talking about a guy I wouldn't even draft. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm going to shop him whenever I would shop him after I drafted him. I've had Tyree kill in my queue to be drafted tons of times and I have never done it. I've never owned Tyree kill on any fantasy team ever. Um, but yeah, I would do it. Same. And as far as Josh Gordon, man, listen, this, this is the thing. Would I spend $20 on uh, free agency budget for Josh Gordon? No. 
do I look at the Chiefs offense, see they really don't have a clear cut wide receiver too. I know Josh Gordon's skill set. It's never been Josh Gordon's physical abilities. It's been his mental health issues. And as a symptom of his mental health issues, it's been his drug abuse issues. Um, If you're going to tell me that I could get, instead of waking up at 4.45 in the morning and uh, getting Josh Gordon on my team adding via free agency, if I just want to take a flyer on a guy that could be a later in the year lottery pick and spend a dollar or two, I I don't think so. I mean, Mike, this was a guy last year on the Seahawks, you were writing that he could have a breakout year. Are you out on him now? My issue is... I didn't. I okay. never said breakout year. You almost caught me with that one. I never fucking said breakout year. I did. I I was saying yes. You could target him on the waiver wire, absolutely, with Russell Wilson. But nothing came of it. My problem is with him on the Chiefs. I think it's very smart of him to sign with the Chiefs uh, because that's a team that he could, you know, once he it's gonna he's not gonna be back this week. No, let's put that out there too. It's gonna take him, you know, some time to get back into game shape to learn the playbook. It's not like Josh Gordon stepping on the field week four and he's going to catch 10 passes for 150 yards. Like that's definitely not happening. So if you put in a claim for him, get ready to hold him on your bench for a couple weeks. But one of my issues is when have the chiefs ever had a clear cut wide receiver? People tell you it's people tell you it's Tyree Hill because Kelsey. Yeah. You know, Okay. That's fair. Uh, the, the second best pass catcher on the team. Yes, that's fair. But like a wide receiver too, that's stable each week. That's going to get you some fantasy points. Not going to be over the top, but a stable, pretty solid guy. Never. You could try telling me Sammy Watkins. We know his fucking story. McCole Hard, uh, McCole Hardman. All these chief players. No one ever can take that role and be successful each week with it. It's always like a next man up type of guy that steps up. The Marcus Robin. Robinson comes up and grabs like an 80 yard touchdown. And then you don't hear from him for, for eight weeks. Byron Pringle comes up and catches a 60 something yard touchdown. That's why I just feel like Josh Gordon, you know, he might have one big game and then he might disappear and it'd just be the next man up the next guy. So that's why I'm a little worried with him. I don't think there's going to be much consistency with him in Kansas city. And yeah, like it's- yeah, that's how I feel about him. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going out of my way. It's just, you know, people see the name and it's like flashy. Oh, Josh Gordon. We got to grab Josh Gordon. He's back in the NFL. Josh Gordon hasn't been relevant in football in years, folks. This Josh Gordon is, I believe, over 30 years old now, and he hasn't really played consistent football for a very Definitely long time. Definitely not. He's, he's 30 right on the dot. And like, I mean, guys like in his era, the same era as him, like, you know, Des Bryant is out of the league, but, you know, our guy Antonio Brown is still kicking and... You know, he had that level of talent, but he just couldn't get the mental right. My my overall point is it's like, listen, if he was coming at the Detroit Lions, I'd say fuck it. But this is a guy that's going to be that has used to have an elite skill set coming to an elite offense. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't. I just don't think what's it going to hurt. What's your two, three dollars in free agency budget money going to do? What's your? I mean, if you're giving up the number one waiver wire claim, I mean, obviously don't do that. But if you're already sitting back at like nine out of twelve, who gives a shit? Like, don't overrate this. People save this fucking free agency money like they're going to bring it home at the end of the year. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, you got 
you got to spend it. But also, you know, if I'm one and two or zero and three, should I put in a waiver wire claim or spend money yeah. on Josh Gordon? No, absolutely not. You need somebody who's going to be out there to win games. If I'm three and zero, my team's solid. I have a really nice bench. Yeah, I got a spot that I can, you know, finagle with. I could play with it a little bit. Yeah, you know what? Then I'm going to grab Josh Gordon, keep him there, and see what happens with it. Josh Gordon, yeah. I mean, he's not like a must-add type of guy. I just don't want people to see his name and feel like, you know, they got to run to the world. No, bro. I mean, this isn't 2015, but, I mean, it's – just be smart. Don't be a fucking asshole and be like, oh, should I drop – uh, J- Justin Jefferson for uh, Josh Gordon, like no, like like just be smart and you know. But speaking of assholes, let's move on to my guy Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears and the oh, fucking God, okay. absolute gonna, dumpster going fire a different direction. that is the Chicago Bears. Mike Justin Fields, your boy, big Ohio State guy over there, six for twenty. For 68 yards, no touchdowns, a couple rushing attempts that, you know, I'm not even going to give you the stats on because it was irrelevant. Um, Montgomery, my guy who I I truly like, 10 carries for 24 yards. Allen Robinson on the Mount Rushmore of Grand Central Fantasy, two catches for 27 yards. And Mike, just throwing this in there because he was a sleeper on a lot of people's lists. Um, Mooney, one catch for nine yards. Everybody's saying, oh, the offensive line, offensive line is terrible. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The offensive line is the worst, worst I've seen. First of all, it's not the worst in the league. They just got fucking ragged all the other day by the Browns. The Browns have a great defensive line, period. But they don't have an elite level secondary. But you would have thought they did because Fields didn't really have any time to throw. But you know what I heard? all offseason, Mike, from all these Bear fans. And listen, I like the Bears. I'm, I'm not a Bear hater like at all. I want. I think the league's better when Chicago is good. Um, but listen, man, all I heard was Justin Fields is the type of quarterback you need from uh, behind a shitty line. And he's going to run around and he's telling me how slow the game is at, at the pro level when he's going against second stringer and third stringers. And, you know, he looks like shit. He looks like a rookie quarterback that doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. And I don't know the status of Andy Dalton, but they got to get him back in there, period, okay? Because it's yeah, just looking so right. bad. Allen Robinson, he had that drop last week, so he's kind of, you know, drropped touchdown. It's a little like, oh, you got to be kidding me, really, Allen? But, I mean, I'm worried. We used to say all the time, it doesn't matter me and you could throw to Allen Robinson. After Sunday, man, I'm starting to worry about if A-Rob is really going to play to that wide receiver one as long as Justin Fields is throwing the ball. How do you feel moving forward about the Bears offense? Are we selling any any of these guys? Do do you think we're still going to see Fields as the quarterback? Because honestly, right now, as of this recording, I feel absolutely terrible about every Bear, every single one. I I don't like any of them right now. Sean, I am in the exact same boat as you. And here's my thinking. <clears throat> this is for, listen up closely. <laughs> Bring your ear a little closer. If you own Allen Robinson, David Montgomery, any of these Bears that are, you know, the big playmakers, the best offensive players on the team, you're holding them these next two weeks. We got the Lions and we got the Raiders, right? Those, you know, Lions defense sucks. Maybe, Raiders, yeah. you know, not the best either. We want them to go off. 
We want David Montgomery. We want Allen Robinson. We want these guys to go off because all it takes is one week and everybody forgets about the all, you know the whole rest of the season that happened already. We want them to go off and then we're fucking dishing them off because it's a fucking disaster. It's a fucking disaster in Chicago. Sean, you're giving the offensive line too much credit, okay? You're giving them too much fucking credit. Justin Fields, yes, he's a rookie quarterback. He needs to play better. Yes, Andy Dalton needs to be back. The team play is better with him there. But come on, this kid had no fucking shot on Sunday. He was sacked nine times. Nine times Justin Fields was sacked and was hit 15 fucking times on the field. Who the fuck is going to have success on that kind of offense? It's The offensive line is one of the main problems. Not the only problem, one of the main problems. The other problem is Matt Nagy. He has no idea what the fuck he's doing. He has no idea what he's doing. And I was reading a column about Matt Nagy and how his offensive philosophy and his playbook and what he uses is just not the right type of plays and playbook and scheme he should be running with this team because he has worked with offenses in Philadelphia who are very successful. And he's worked with, um, I believe, the Chiefs as well. And he had great offensive weapons there where they can work, they can move the ball down the field. He doesn't he he doesn't have that same talent around him and um he uh he doesn't have that same talent around him to do the same type of things that he was doing in those offenses. So, I think Matt Nagy just has no idea what he's doing. Clearly there's a lot of frustration in the lo- in the locker room with them too. I mean, I don't know if you saw Nick Foles and Andy Dalton were talking on Saturday. There was like a Twitter clip and it was like Dalton saying this offense no, isn't working. It. Like, I, I believe it was either Foles or Dalton. They were talking to each other. I, maybe it was Foles who said it. You just see him. You see him mouthing it to him and stuff. It, it just. It looks like he's lost the fucking locker room. He's obviously going to be fired. Um, but yeah, the next two weeks, Lions and Raiders, and I would definitely, definitely, if any of them have success, I would sell them. It's nothing against them. It's just the offense they play in. Um. Because after those two weeks, folks, the schedule gets brutal. They play Pittsburgh. They play Tampa Bay. They play 49ers and some other solid run defenses. You know, it's only against the Lions and Raiders. That's week four and week five. But after that, we're starting to get to the meat of it. We can't afford to have these players bringing us down each week. Get rid of them. Sell, sell, dude, like sell. The, yeah, like the fucking sell. Uh, offensive line is terrible. They had a bad game. But, like, all I heard was that, like, oh, Justin Fields is going to run around. Like, he doesn't even, like, need a line, basically. That, that, that's all the hype I fucking heard yes. in the national media, of course. Like, listen, the Lions give up the most uh, points this year so far. Granted, they've had a terrible schedule. But they have eight sacks on the air. I mean, they're going to get after them, too. So they better fucking do something. I agree. I don't know if I'm trading Allen Robinson after – these two games if he does do good i mean we still have to see what's going on and and you know maybe fields can be better and they fix it i mean you 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 gotta think it's not gonna be as bad because like you said he got destroyed um last week but honestly man i i just it i don't feel good about it and just to me it's like oh you got you ran trubisky out of town because oh he you know you can't just he's mobile but he's not mobile enough and you get fields and you, you just act like I mean he can't even 
he just looks lost out there. And and I know the line isn't blocking for him and, and it is mostly Matt Nagy, but like he shouldn't even be playing in the game. He shouldn't even be playing in the game. I, I would much rather have Foles out there um, than Fields right now from a fantasy football perspective. And if I'm a Bears fan. It seemed like Matt Nagy didn't really want Fields out there. I'm pretty sure it was, you know, public that he felt Fields wasn't ready, but Dalton was hurt and couldn't play. And newsflash, Dalton was hurt probably because he's yeah. been taking a beat in this season too. So, but yeah, I think, you know, I could be getting ahead of myself with Allen Robinson. I think if Dalton's back and he's healthy, you know, there could be some sex. sex, Jesus Christ. Where's my mind at? There could be, yes, sex, yes. There could be some success with Dalton and A-Rob, but I still am worried because of that offensive line. I'm worried that Dalton won't get that protection. And then I'm worried that, you know, Dalton's going to be the starting quarterback. He's going to, once he's healthy, he's going to come back and be the starting quarterback, but I'm worried that down the line, Matt Nagy is going to do some crazy shit to try to save his job and put Justin Fields in there. And it's going to be like week and three. And right now they're all over again the table, every week. They're saying this fucking idiot, Matt Nagy, is saying that they're all, all three of them are yeah. on the table. But it's only because fucking Dalton and Fields are hurt. Like, I can't stand Justin Fields, but he did get yeah, Fields got hurt last week too. He had to get an X-ray on his uh, his wrist or his I just hand. don't understand these um, GMs yeah. that everybody crowns like, oh my god, they're so smart and like nobody, nobody, the game comes nobody easy. gives a shit about the offensive line. They like think we're seeing it with the Jets now. Like, oh, we can piece it together, or oh, we trade for this asshole, do this, and it's like, okay, well, they're, they're still getting destroyed. So like, what are we gonna do? Um, and Montgomery, forget it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, a quarterback can't even stand for more than two seconds behind this line. But, you know, you're, you're going to need – we'll see. I don't want to bury them yet because God, the the Browns' defense is good. They're, they're, I mean, Miles Garrett is probably the best player – best defense player in the NFL. You can argue me T.J. Watt or whatever. You know, that's fine too. He's great as well. But, um, you know, it, it's just it, – we're going to have to see. I, I got a lot of – eyes on the bears line that that feels like a thanksgiving game to me but um you know let's 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 move on mike what do you got next looking into week three because so far this has just been depressing bro i hate bears. i I know it has been it it really it's been depressing you're a depressing guy let's face it so yes you are and I'm going to spice up the room a little bit because we're going to p- talk about Love the it. Raiders offense, okay? I'm going to chat about the AFC West team that's in first place, the Las Vegas Raiders, Sean, okay? I know I know you were busy chanting our yeah. free R. Kelly this weekend, so you missed out on the Raiders. You know, they won their third straight game, led by their stud quarterback, Derek Carr. Loving me some Derek Carr lately. Three straight games, 380-plus yards, and two touchdowns. Three straight games of that, folks. Unreal. And I messaged you uh, yesterday about uh, certain people in the industry who talked earlier in the year how Derek Carr should be traded and Marcus Mariota should be the starter. Oh, my God. There was a lot of people uh, chat that I won't bring up any names, but I think that's fucking hilarious considering where we are at right now. Um, So Derek Carr, yeah, you know, I'm not expecting Carr to throw like 400 yards every week, but my God, Sean, he I mean, 
he could come pretty damn close to it considering the schedule. It's going to fucking open up for him the next couple of weeks. Got the Eagles, Giants, Chiefs, Bengals, and a couple other teams in there that, I mean, it's pretty, man. I'm licking my chops right now. And I think Derek Carr, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I think Derek Carr can stay as a top 12 quarterback, a starting quarterback in fantasy football. I could be getting ahead of myself. I do it a lot, Sean, but it's real pretty right now, and it's real promising considering the teams that he's going to be going up against. And, you know, should be in consideration. He should be in consideration almost every week as a starter in fantasy. So before we get into that, I want to dig a little deeper into the Raiders' success and how the wealth and the love is being spread out in good old Vegas. And it starts with Darren Waller. So Darren Waller, we saw him week one. He went off, fucking bang. And since then, he's been pretty uh, mediocre. Two straight games of five catches. I think he had like 55 yards and 60-something yards in the other one. So Darren Waller's been a little down the last two weeks. Not too worried about him right now. He will be fine. I know some people are a little worried about him. They spent a second, third-round pick on him. He'll be fine. Let's look at the other options he's got over there. He's got Hunter Renfro, and I'm just going to rattle off some uh, statistics of these next three wide receivers for the Raiders. 16 targets on the year, um, 16 receptions. I think that's wrong, but it's in that ballpark. 204 yards, one touchdown. Henry Ruggs, 19 targets, 11 receptions, 237 yards, one touchdown. Then you got Edwards, 13 targets, 10 receptions, 210 yards, zero touchdowns. Um. So they're all close in the same ballpark, all these wide receivers. And one of my next questions for you is, do you think the way this Vegas offense is rolling, they're fucking throwing the ball down every team's throat. Do you see any of these wide receivers really taking off and being like the clear cut number one besides Darren Waller and the type of receiver that you could see starting almost on a weekly basis as your wide receiver two or flex consideration. Let's start with Derek Carr, talk about the receivers. Then I want to get into on the a Raiders weekly basis. The only one right now. I mean, it sucks. I like Brian Edwards a lot. I think he's explosive and I think he's a guy that has a lot of potential, but right now the only one really is Hunter Renfro. I mean, just last week he put up uh you know, 77 yards and a touchdown. But honestly, Mike, in this case, I think the Raiders, I love this Raiders team. Like, I got to tell you, I really do. I think they're playing, they have another game this week that was a toss-up, and I think they're going to win again. Let me see real quick who they're playing. The Chargers, I could see them winning that game on Monday night too. Um, to me, oh, we got to see if Josh game. Jacobs is going to be healthy because Mister, you're so far you're winning that argument because um, you know, yeah, Jacobs, I I yeah, like a lot. He that. had a good game in in uh, week one, found the end zone, but he just now he's hurt, and this is a guy that really wasn't hurt a lot. But to me, the guys to own on a regular basis, like you need to get out there and get, are Waller and Derek Carr. And Jacobs, you can make a case for him, but you said we're going to talk about that in a minute. To me, all the other guys are, you know, I want Renfro, but Ruggs, they're they're low-end flex plays at best because you just don't know. But the thing is, as we've seen so far, 
that they are going to throw the fucking ball. They do not give a shit about Derek Carr. He said he was going to retire. Um, he'd rather retire before he left uh, the Raiders. He's a Raider for life. Listen, this is a guy, ever since Gruden took over, they it he's not Gruden's guy. I think he's getting better. I think they're closer than they ever been, and I think they're closer to making it work, the closest they've ever been to making it work, I mean. But my point is they don't give a shit if he blows out his shoulder tomorrow. They're going to throw it and throw it and throw it and throw it. That's why I love Waller moving forward still. Even if he had a couple bad games, guess what? If you're the asshole drafting a tight end in the third or fourth round, then, you know, that's on you. That's that's what you took. But Waller's still going to come in there. I like Renfro. Drake, I would think we'd see a little bit more, especially with Jacobs out. Mike, are you still totally what, – what do you want to talk about yeah. with Jacobs? Because, I mean, you earned it so far. Yeah. Um. So with Jacobs – I mean, it's been no problem without Josh Jacobs the last two weeks, Sean. Um, and, you know, the biggest surprise, you know, Jacobs went out was Peyton Barber saw a bulk of the carries. I think most of us thought Kenyon Drake was going to get the work. Clearly, all they think about him is he's our pass catching back. That's it. This guy's not carrying the ball. We don't trust him in that cir- in those circumstances. And before week two, they even told us Peyton, Bar- Peyton Barber was going to see bulk of the carries. And I did not take that seriously at all because who the fuck would? He's like a journeyman running back. You know, he's been solid here and there, but nothing crazy. And he got 13 carries week two, didn't do too much with it. And then last week he comes in and he fucking carries the ball 23 times, 111 total yards. And he was sixth in PPR formats at running back. This is without Josh Jacobs. They won these two games without Josh Jacobs. The rushing, um, the running backs were pretty good those two games. Not great week two, decent week two, phenomenal week three without Josh Jacobs. <clears throat> and I'm I don't know, man, if Josh Josh Jacobs might start to fall a little out of favor in Vegas. I know I like to say some crazy things. I like to stir the pot, but hear me out, Sean. Week one, Jacobs played only 52% of Vegas' snaps. Okay. That's half of the half of the fucking running back snaps. Jacobs was on the field. He had ten carries. Now whoa, look whoa, at Peyton. Whoa, uh, whoa, look whoa, at fucking whoa. Barber. He's on the what field all do? the time. What did he do in week? Go one? ahead, talk to me. He carried the ball ten times, and what happened twice? But he, in the but goal, he got he's the a goal line back. hundred percent. That's important. No. Yes. Was he efficient running the ball? No, he was not. And to be quite honest, he hasn't been efficient running the ball in over a year. Let's look back to last year. He averaged under four yards per carry as a running back. That is terrible when we're talking about Josh Jacobs, who people wanted to draft as a second-round pick. I understand he's going to get the goal line touches. Um, He's going to get the touchdowns, but I just don't think he's an efficient running back. And when you see a 27-year-old journeyman running back looking better than – you know, your star running back. I'm starting, I'm starting to get a little worried, uh, with Josh Jacobs, um, moving forward. So yeah, I do deserve to fucking talk some shit about Josh Jacobs. I told you motherfucker, John Gruden's a weird guy. Sean, I I don't, I don't totally hate Josh Jacobs. I just don't think he's as good and should be drafted as high as some people draft him as, because he gives you nothing out of the passing game. And clearly they brought Kenyon Drake in for that alone. Um, but I was starting to say John Green, John Green's a weird fucking guy. He does strange shit. I wouldn't be surprised when Josh Jacobs comes back that Barber's seen just as many carries or 
some fucking, you know, crazy shit going on there. Um, and also clearly this Vegas team emphasizes the passing. That's what it is. And like, I honestly, I get your point and you never been a big Jacobs guy. I think he's, you know, properly rated. I think he can, I think he's an RB too. I I think he, he fell a lot in drafts. His ADP was late second round, early third round. If he stayed healthy, I still think we would see that production. I think he's safe. I think a lot of the problem comes where people thought maybe he was going to take that RB one step after he broke out rookie rookie year and he didn't. Yes. And, but to me, like that's fine. Peyton Barber, Peyton Barber, if Jacobs come, is healthy, he's taking Peyton Barber's carries and you know, he, he's going to, he'll probably put up similar numbers, maybe a little less. I mean, let, let's see Peyton Barber do it again. Um, but yeah, Drake, it, it's a little weird, man. That offense is weird. And I don't think um, Jacobs is coming back. Did you see what Gruden said? He was like, I'd met with Josh uh, today. No, we're, you know, we're really hoping to get his feet on grass this week. I'm not making any predictions. They play Monday night against the Chargers, like I said. I wouldn't be surprised, man. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play. But if he does play, plug him in. I would buy low on him if I could even. Um, you know, I, I just think there's a role for him because we see it. Uh, you know, we see it with Peyton Barber. Uh, taken over and you know yeah 50% of the plays sure but if he's fine getting two touchdowns if he's getting two touchdowns um a game and you know he can instead of getting me 50 yards he gets me 75 I'll take that man I mean you know it's he was he was going after Clyde Edwards in a lot of drafts and I think they're kind of he's my Clyde Edwards you know what I mean at the end of the day is he really that good no but I mean you know he's he he's not overdrafted and I hate that um but yeah the Raiders are interesting I like the Raiders team though man uh, that, that the West has a lot of good um talent I mean not to get deep into it because we're running pretty late but what do you think of the Raiders long term you think they just can't survive the Chiefs I don't know, man. That, that it, It's always going to come down to the Chiefs, I feel like. I think the Raiders are a playoff team. I think John Gruden, you know, a lot of people doubted him, and we threw some shade at him a lot last year as well. But he's got this team at 3-0. He's got this team, you know, feeling real good about themselves. They're pretty con- – they're very confident. Um, and just to piggyback on the wide receivers, I think it's just really interesting with Henry Ruggs. Because let's not forget, Sean, this guy was drafted yep. as a first-round pick just last year. Um, we shitted on him last year, rightfully so. He didn't really you know, live up to the hype that a lot of us thought he would. He didn't get that many targets last year. But um, let's look at him this year. I mean, the first game of the season, he had five targets, nothing crazy. But then he got hit with seven targets for 113 yards against a Steelers defense and a touchdown. This past week, his numbers weren't great, but he had 78 yards, and he was targeted seven times again. I think there might be something there with Henry Ruggs. I know he's young. They still got to develop. You know, he does have a lot of speed. It's kind of like, you know, I don't want to say he's Tyreek Hill, but that's his kind of his game his play style so i think there could be something there with henry ruggs also hunter renfro he's owning like 10 percent of leagues um i think he should be on everyone's bench at least he's a guy who's probably going to see close to 90 targets yeah, I mean, so we like it we've been beating it to death so i mean real quick before we get to start or sits mike i'm very interested in your opinion on the ezekiel elliott versus um what's pollard's first name Marcus Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard, Tony. Um, 
last week I texted you, or last night actually, I texted you Zeke back like a million times. Went 17 carries for 95 yards, two touchdowns. Um, you know, that's what we were expecting from Zeke. He had another good week after following up that um, solid performance against LA. Uh, but, you know, Pollard had 11 carries for 60 yards, didn't find the touchdowns, but I mean, would, I wouldn't have been surprised at all, really, if uh, he had grabbed one of those touchdowns from Zeke. Do we, how are you feeling about this? I know you have a lot of Ezekiel Elliott. I don't this year, but it wasn't because I didn't want to. It was just, it didn't, you know, fall in the cards. Real quick, how are you feeling? Is this a Chubb and Hunt situation in the making or is Zeke still the lead dog guy to own? So originally I was in like panic mode after week one, seeing Pollard's usage, not full blown panic mode, but I was panicking a little bit because <clears throat> obviously I have Zeke and you know what I've, after seeing last night's game, I've come to the conclusion I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to go into a full-blown panic. I think of what we saw last night is what we're going to see a lot. And there and let me break let me break it down to you very quickly why I think it's that way. Cowboys, when did the Cowboys sign that extension with um with No, the, it was like 2 years ago. Was it ago. this uh, past off season? <laughs> okay. And the contract his contract I believe starts no, in 2022. It started already. I the could thing be wrong. with Zeke's contract, year, man, not to cut you off, but they could they could cut him after this no, go year ahead. I, I, and like yeah. save a lot of money. So that was my concern, okay. but now he's playing good. So, Well, so I think, I think part of it has to do with um, keeping Zeke fresh. I mean, Zeke's got a lot of tread on his tires. Um, he's not the youngest guy anymore. He's still pretty young, but he's 26 years old. So running back standpoint, like he's in his prime right now. But they signed him to this, you know, astronomical contract, uh, six years, ninety million, and I think they want to keep him keep him fresh. And I think they understand that Tony Pollard's a pretty capable backup running back, and he, you know, is going to be successful on the field as well. But in order to keep Zeke fresh, they're going to have to bring Tony on the field as well and get his carries, which isn't necessarily a bad thing because when you look at the carries. When you look at the usage, Zeke is still blowing him out of the water with it. Um, yes, Tony Pollard has been more successful. He's averaging six point eight yards per carry, which is insane, and um, he's got a couple, you know, eight catches on the year. But when you look at Zeke, Zeke's, um, I mean, not doubled him, but he's got a tremendous amount more carries of forty four carries on the year, and he's doing it pretty successfully as well. Not, you know, he's not crushing it like Pollard's yards per carry, but he's averaging four point five yards per carry. So. I think they just want to. I think the Cowboys want to keep Zeke fresh throughout the year. It's a long season. He went through a lot last year with Dak out, the offensive line out. He got beat up a lot. The NFL season's an extra week now. They want to keep this guy fresh. They want all these guys there when it really counts in the playoffs. So it might not be what we envisioned with Zeke of him getting 25, 20, 25 plus carries a week. But if he's going to carry the ball 15-plus times, um, 15, 16, 17-plus times a game, and he's going to get his you know, three, four, five catches a game, you know, at that point, you, you got to sign us up. I believe he's like the running back uh, seven or eight right now in football. I could be wrong with that. 
it's not maybe what we vision, yeah, but it's I mean, not I that bad at all. You're right. You hit the nail on the head in the sense that they're trying to pay Zeke out. They like this is Dallas. They're they're making plans for their Super Bowl run, like down the stretch. Like they're already making plans on how are we going to keep Zeke fresh for the NFC Championship game. I mean, that's just how they are. But in reality, yeah. I'm not too scared of Tony Pollard. I do think the only thing I would worry about is I do think there's a short leash with Zeke at times where I think it's like the coaches know he doesn't have it. So they're going to pull him off right off the bat. You know what I'm saying? Like they're going to be like, all right, we're going to go to Tony now and see how it goes. And especially if Zeke gets a little banged up, but yeah, I'm not shopping him before, uh, you know, the end of the game, I thought we were going to have a very different conversation tonight about Ezekiel Elliott, but, um, you know, I still like Zeke, wouldn't yeah. own both of them. I kind of think it's redundant um, because I think, you know, I would own like uh, Chubb and Hunt mm-hmm. for sure because I think they both can get theirs. But as far as Pollard, I think they're going to, you know, I, I really think they're going to get – Zeke's going to get the lion's share of everything basically. Um, all right, Mike, let's round it up with Agreed. our iconic start or sit segment. You ready? All right. First up, we yeah, got my so, guy Chuba Hubbard at Dallas. I'm starting him. What about you? Oh yeah, I'm starting him. Hundred percent. You have to start him. Uh, he had a huge workload when CMC went out, and you know he's targeted out of the backfield. Hundred percent. If you are lucky enough to get him, Kyle waivers, Pitts versus so. Washington had an absolutely terrible game against the Giants last week. Was only targeted. Three times, I believe, all in the fourth quarter. Caught two of those balls. Dropped a ball in the end zone. I mean, this is a guy, talk about so far, man, has not lived up to the rookie hype. Kyle Pitts versus Washington. The Washington defense hasn't been what we thought it was going to be. I'm starting him only because I feel like if you have Kyle Pitts on your team, you took him pretty early like I did, and you need to start him. So what do you think about Kyle Pitts? Yeah, I basically am in the same boat as you. Uh, you kind of have to. Like, what other tight end could someone have on their team with that same upside as Pitts? And I know he's been disappointing, but he's most likely your best tight end in your roster. You drafted him. Trey you Sermon him. versus Seattle, who as pretty much the only running back standing in um, San Francisco last week, had 10 attempts, 31 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, Seattle's defense isn't really anything too crazy are we starting him this week what do you think i'm holding off right now you know despite the nice matchup i didn't like like how they used him this past week and mitchell might be back so that spells a you know crowded backfield I need to see a little more from him to get a little more trust out of him. All right, so Corey I'm Davis bench him this week. Uh, against Tennessee, a game we are going to be at, Mike. Uh, we, we got a little something cooking up for GCF on Sunday morning. Might be going live, doing a little Q&A, basically just A, just answering a bunch of fucking of all your guys' questions live from the stadium. But we got Corey Davis going up against Tennessee. That defense isn't anything crazy. Mike, last week um, – Davis got his most carries of the year so far, 10, or excuse me, most targets of the year so far, uh, 10 targets, only caught five of them though, um, had some drops too, and uh, 41, only got 41 yards and hasn't found the end zone since week one when he got there twice. What are you thinking about 
Corey. I'm probably not starting him just because I really can't trust any Jet at this point, which sucks. But Well, first off, I can't wait to yeah, be yeah. live because I'm going to be blackout drunk. So please don't miss it. I promise you I will be fucking hammered. Probably will have my man titties out. Next, um, I'm flexing Corey Davis, bro. I'm flexing him. I'm at the game. I'm fucking flexing this guy. I know it's been awful in Jets land past two weeks. They face some pretty tough defenses, though. It's not the case week four. Titans giving up the second most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. Second most passing touchdowns to wide receivers. Third most receiving yards to wide receivers. I'm flexing Corey Davis this game. You know, he's targeted a lot. He's paid to be the guy. I don't know if he's going to put up those same numbers he did week one, but I think he's going to do enough. Mike Gusecki versus Indianapolis, the Miami tight end, who I was pretty high on going into the year. Um, the first two weeks of the season, he looked kind of like a bust, but I think something in the game plan changed, Mike. He went from uh, – he had a whopping – 12 targets, caught 10 of them for 86 yards, didn't find the touchdown or didn't find the end zone, I mean. But what are you thinking about Gesicki? Do you think he's a tight end that, you know, top 12, top 10, top 12 tight end you got to start? What do you think? Um, Fuck Tua, first of all. I'm wearing my Tua suck shirt right now. I told everybody he sucks and, you know, now he's hurt. Uh, with that said, though, I'm I'm benching Kaseki this week. It's re- it was very close for me. This was a tough one for me. If Tua doesn't play, which I don't think he's gonna play, I could see why you might want to start him against the Colts. Um, but I mean, actually, the Colts, you know, they do they hold tight ends in check. If Tua is out there, hundred percent, do not start. If He's not out there. Kaseki might be a must start for me this week because we got Jacoby Brissett uh, revenge game against uh, Indianapolis. Let's go, baby. Um, next up, we got oh, a guy yeah, who let's go. was pretty popular on the waiver wire in week two um, after his big game in week one, and we said to start him in week two, um, and he he was pretty good. I think we faded him a little bit on the road in Tennessee, but that's Zach Pascal. He's going up against the Dolphins as well. What, what do we think about Pascal? Uh, I'm going to sit him. I'm not crazy about him. I'm still a big Michael Pittman guy. Um, I don't want to put him in my lineup. I don't really like in what's going no on. In no world with, uh, are you right starting now. Zach Pascal right now. Um, it's just too risky. Uh, Pittman's no, no. fighting for that spot of where, you know, he's definitely a flex guy, especially if you have the double flex, throw him in there. Um, he's a USC guy, so he's smart. You already know the vibes. Um, next up, we got Javante Williams. Our guy finally broke out a little bit last week. Um, pretty similar numbers, but he did find the end zone. And this week he's going up against that, you know, tougher Baltimore uh, front line. Um, what are we thinking, Mike? I'm going to sit him, but I do think we have a great road ahead after this week where um, Broncos go to Pittsburgh and Vegas. But uh, so, you know, hang on to Javante Williams truthers out there like us. Your time is coming. We already see it. But for this week, I think he might yep. take a seat. What do you think? Yeah, he got the touchdown. He hasn't ran the ball that effective as I thought he would, but he's still getting the volume, and he was targeted out of the backfield a couple times finally last week, four times to be exact. I'm giving him flex consideration. 
This ain't your father's Ravens. Next up, That's we got Hollywood say. Brown. We already went over it, but he's at Denver. That Denver um, secondary and defense overall is solid. I'm starting Hollywood. I think he can, um, you know, if he hangs on to the ball, like I said, this is a wide receiver one conversation. Um, I don't think we see wide receiver one numbers, but I think he's a good low end wide receiver two, high end flex play. What do you think about him going on the road in Denver, Mike? I showed Hollywood some respect last week, but in the words of our guy, Jerry, he is a useless twat. Shout out, Jerry. You have me fucking dying. He is was shitting all follower? over Hollywood Brown. I don't know if you saw it. I it was fucking clear. Yes. Oh, Jerry. He I know wanted Jerry. me yeah, to make course. sure Jerry that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We... Yeah, he wanted. Yes, he wanted that. to make sure that we put him on our uh, take respect off, and and I didn't no, even oh, bring good. it up Hell to you, yeah. and you we did. So, uh, I'm very, dude. Please go back to our DMs and look at what Jerry was saying Jerry's about Hollywood Brown is fucking hysterical. But he, but he literally said he's a useless twat. So Jerry, shout out Jerry, that was for you. Uh, Broncos giving up the eighth fewest fantasy points per game to wideouts. And we already have an unsteady relationship with the Ravens passing game. I'm going to sit him this week. I know we've been high on Hollywood Brown the first two weeks, rightfully so. Didn't like what I saw this past week. I know he was dealing with an injury, too. I'm so, Mike, this one I got, we probably could have done here. a whole half-hour segment on this topic. But, um, you know, maybe after this week we will. And, you know, I'll make I'll make a note and I'll bring it up. I got Mike Davis or Cordell Patterson versus Washington football team. It's interesting with Mike Davis. Cordell Patterson, honestly, which is crazy to hear um, myself say out loud, I think he's – worked himself into a must-start category until he proves otherwise, which is crazy to me. Um, but Mike Davis, man, honestly, the only thing missing from the Mike Davis experience is him finding the end zone. Very much um, like uh, Chase Edmonds vibes, just, you know, getting targets, getting carries just isn't, is starting to become touchdown dependent or at least low end flex. What? Which one are you starting? If you had to pick, could you start both? What are you thinking? I mean, to be honest, wow, this okay. hurts, but I'm I'm benching both. Um, yeah, that <laughs> was hard for me to say because you know my love for Mike Davis, but you know if there's a bright spot to Washington, it's the defense stopping the run. You know they've been solid overall. And Atlanta's running game hasn't been solid. I mean, Patterson's been a bright spot for sure, but it hasn't been dominant um, overall, especially from Mike Davis' point of view. Um, probably could find a more stable, safer option this week as a running back to a flex play, my personal opinion. I will be now. Last up, boys, we got James Conner at the Rams. James Conner broke out a little bit last week. Eleven carries, forty-three yards. Looks like he might be the goal line option, which sucks for my guy Edmonds because he got um, two touchdowns. Did Conner? What are we thinking against the Rams? He's a sit for me, but only because of that Rams uh, defense. Yeah, I'm sitting him too. Uh, He had a huge game last week. His overall rushing numbers are pretty poor. You know, 3.5 yards per carry. Edmonds the leading back. Um, he's basically touchdown dependent. You said it. And against a 
Rams defense, possibly All the right, best team in the NFL. That's it for the Grand Central I'm Fantasy saying. Podcast for this week. Quick shout out to the Grand Central Patreon members. Um, our new guys, Elijah and Mike and Mike Williams, welcome to the team, baby. Um, can't forget our guys, Brandon, Christian, Joey, uh, our main man, Friday, the legendary Jared, Cody, my guy, Jer- Jerry. The man, uh, Mr. Uh, useless Twat himself, Jerry McDermott, twat. my guy, Dozer, and of course, as always, our number one day one, Jake. Make sure you guys are following us on Grand Central Fantasy on Patreon. Um, you know, we got more content coming out for you guys. You know, it's unlimited always. You always have access to us. You know, at the most, we might go at max a couple hours in between answering you, but never when it's crunch time and you need it. Make sure you guys are out there. Um, Mike, if we're canceled after this one, we, I feel like we did our best to do so. So it was nice knowing you. It was nice knowing you guys. Stay classy, San Diego. Stay, stay classy. Yes. Thank you. man. See you next week. Maybe we had a good run. Possibly. Peace.